Hey, what is up, Warrior? It is Jeff here from WarriorLife.com, and welcome to podcast episode number 437. It is 2023, and Warriors, we are in for a wild ride. I'm going to share five of my top concerns going into this year and what I and my family are doing about it so that you can copy our plan. Let's talk tactics. Tactical firearms training, urban survival, close quarters combat. Welcome to the show that helps you better prepare for any threat you may face in your role as a protector and a patriot. This is the Warrior Life Podcast. Hey, welcome back, Warrior. Jeff Anderson here, Executive Director of WarriorLife.com and the Warrior Life Academy. And hey, before we get started, I want to let you know that you don't need to worry about taking notes for this week's episode because you can just grab our handy-dandy one-page cheat sheet covering all the major points from today. Now, this, as well as all of our other cheat sheets that we've got lined up for you and a bunch of other really cool training goodies, they're all waiting for you right now in a special section of our site that we call the Loot Locker. If you have not been there yet, it is absolutely free and it's loaded with a bunch of great training resources for you from ebooks and audio programs, as well as a bunch of other cool things that you can take part in there. All you have to do to get signed up is just go over to warriorlife.com slash loot. Okay, what a year 2022 was, right? Um, look, in the words of the great tactical philosopher and hockey legend Wayne Gretzky, skate to where the puck is going, not to where it's been. That's the theme for this week's broadcast because part of my job for, for our community as well as for my family is really to look ahead at the threats that we may be facing. And I mean like short-term threats and long-term threats. And then make sure that we have a plan in order to respond to them. Now, as many of you know, we started the Warrior Life community so that the everyday warriors out there, and not the tactical, like camouflaged, wannabe, doomsday soldiers, but I mean like anyone, men and women, anybody who understands the need for them to be self-made, self-reliant, and self-protected. And our community was created to allow people that identify with this to be a warrior every single day and invest like small actions, small little steps that you can take that are going to bring them closer and closer to being prepared for any disaster, crisis, collapse, or attack. That is why we built our Warrior Life Academy to create a step-by-step -step path for these small investments and do it in a fun way that's also very practical and realistic and be able to learn from other people and other contributors within our community. So one of my contributions to our community inside there is to keep my radar up and really look at all the reports that I get from both official and unofficial sources and then sift through all the BS and then read the matrix of what they all mean and how they'll affect my family and yours in the coming weeks, months, years, and even beyond that. I don't do conspiracy theories like I look for the facts with as objective an opinion as I possibly can. So this week, I wanted to share with you my list of the top five threats that I see hitting us right now and into the future that could dramatically change life as we know it going forward. All right. So let's go ahead and jump into threat number one, which is the increased threat to our nation's electrical grid. Now, in a report that I put out earlier this week, there has been a stark increase in the number of attacks to our infrastructure, and this includes our nation's electrical grid. Now, cyber attacks are a huge, huge part of that, 
But so are literal ground assaults, even on like smaller electrical substations. I mean, there are largely unprotected substations out there. And because of the interconnectivity of our grid, it takes surprisingly little to take out gigantic sections of our availability to electricity. So, for example, in just the last few months or so, there were small arms attacks in North Carolina and three assaults that just happened in Washington state also. And both of these attacks combined affected about a little bit less than like 50,000 Americans. And they can really come from anywhere for any reason whatsoever. So, for example, like there were just arrests made on the Washington attacks of two guys who took out the local grid because they wanted to to burglarize local uh, businesses that were there. So that was their whole reason. Small arms attacks, shoot out the substations, take down the uh, electricity in the area. There couldn't possibly be any way that people could catch them, right? Well, they got caught because dumbasses still use their, their cell phones and they got caught. Now, this wasn't a coordinated attack to take out like a whole section of the country, But the principle is still the same. No electricity means opportunity for bad actors. In this case, it was a couple of knuckleheads trying to rob businesses. But the same thing applies in a much larger situation. So in any case, the threat to our grid is not going to be anything new. Like that is what people are targeting. That's what we have domestic terrorists and we have international terrorists interests that are trying, you know, that, that know that they can do that. And our government, like, this is anything new. I get this, but this increase in attacks should, in my opinion, be a flashing red light that you really need to stop and think about what life is going to be like for long periods without electricity. And as a country, we need to realize that we are vulnerable. And I know that like, we know we're vulnerable. The government knows it. The utility companies know it. But we continue to see very little being done about it. That's what scares me. Now, more to follow on this here in just a bit. So let's go ahead and get to threat number two, which are food shortages and price increases. We've already seen price hikes and and we've seen troubles in getting some types of goods last year in 2022. Maybe even things that you really don't even realize that we were missing and why we were missing them. So, for example, like butter prices in August of last year, they shot up nearly 25%, all because of low milk supplies that were taking place in the Midwest. And things like hummus and mustard were harder to get and were more expensive because of the war in Ukraine, which drastically reduced the availability of chickpeas and mustard seeds. Canned food and pet food are higher right now because of an aluminum shortage. That's a hard one to say, <laughs> aluminum shortage. Um, really, so that has to do with like the cans themselves. So it's caused by you know raw material harvesting, supply chain problems, labor shortages were part of that, and even continuing problems with the war in, Re- in the in the Ukraine. But the biggest factor I see is the way that severe weather patterns are going to further strain a supply system for us that's already, in my opinion, extremely fragile. And I think people don't get that. More than 90% of the excess heat that gets trapped in our atmosphere by greenhouse gases gets absorbed by the oceans. And the world's oceans were the hottest ever recorded in 2022. 
And that is a major influence on our weather patterns that we're seeing even right now. So let's look at what's happening right now in California. Because of this like unrelenting downpour of rain that they're getting all across the West Coast, 90% of the state's population right now as I'm doing this is under a flood watch. And the death toll just keeps rising. And the governor has said that the worst is yet to come because there are still more rains even coming now. But it's not just about the threat to Californians. I mean, California grows a full 25% of our entire country's produce and the ingredients that get used in a lot of our processed foods here. Now, it's already been hit hard by years and years of drought that's really forced them to tap into an aquifer that we didn't have to tap into before all that much. But that aquifer now is shrinking and it's caused already massive increases in basically like the prices of grain and other and other foods that are out there because we're, we haven't been able to get as much water. It's affecting the whole like the whole valley of water that's out there. In fact, the University of California, I don't know how to, to pronounce their system, but the University of California MERST Water Systems Management Lab, they just came out with a report uh, recently that the drought conditions have made almost 800,000 acres of farmland unusable last year in 2022, 800,000 acres of farmland we used to be able to count on is no longer even able to be called farmland anymore. Now we have the opposite problem because of all the rains that California has. Now the impact because of all the flooding and the wiped out crops, I think what we're going to see is an impact. It's going to be worse than we've ever seen it before. And the cost, just to be able to recover from the damage alone, I mean, that that's going to be in like the the bazilco trillions. Like it's it like I don't even know if there is a number that we can apply to. Of course, you know, it's gonna be billions and billions and billions of dollars just to be able to recover from the rains that we're seeing there in California. But that's not going to make the food like sprout out of the ground. It could be years before a lot of these farms are back up to normal production. And that's under perfect weather conditions. Like we're not going to see more, but these weather patterns are going to continue. They're going to continue. So this scares me a lot because food is really, in my opinion, it is the most critical survivability factor that a more, that basically we're all going to feel like in your bellies if things continue to go downhill. And this is made even worse by other factors that I'm going to talk about here in just a minute. But next up, what we have is threat number three, which is nuclear threat advancement. So Intel reports are showing an even higher activity recently on how all nations are continuing to advance their nuclear weapon capabilities. So Russia just recently announced that it's going to be deploying 22 additional nuclear launch facilities this year, 2023. Now, that's including adding troops and weapons like to the border of Finland because these other countries like Finland, Norway, they're all they're joining NATO. They're watching what's happening with the with Ukraine and they're saying, "Oh, you know, we're 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 kind of in a, a spot over here like we want to join NATO." Which is exactly why Putin started this whole thing to begin with. Was because he does not want the ability for western countries like the United States to be able to start sticking more and more weapons closer and closer to his border. I get it. We wouldn't want that either, right? So more and more countries now are doing it, so which is just going to keep keep the pressure up on on Russia, which is going to force them to take other actions out there. Now, 
Russia and pretty much all the other like nuclear countries out there, including now Iran, have hypersonic missile capability that travels so fast in and out of the Earth's atmosphere that they can potentially bypass or even target like anti-missile systems that we have. So now with Iran and Russia sharing information and pooled together because of what's happening in Ukraine, the resources that the two of them have between information and raw resources and being able to just just get together on projects like nuclear projects, like those ties are going to be are going to make things even worse, I think, going forward for all of us. I mean, not not I think like it is. Russia is being forced right now to find out where their alliances are. Like they start, they're going to start working with people, and who better to work with than our enemies? Like why not have a a collective enemy? What is it? the The saying is like the 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 um the en- the friends of my enemies are my are my friends also, or something like that, right? So we are guaranteed pretty much to see further development in the area of nuclear advancement um, by like these actors. And, I, and Iran isn't the only one. I mean, North Korea has ramped up its nuclear agenda and Pakistan has a nuclear arsenal and Pakistan is nearing a complete collapse of their financial system. Well, guess who's ready just to pop in there and take over the country? The Pakistani Taliban. They are really primed, really, to take over the whole thing. So give them control of the country. And now what you have is the Taliban in control of a nuclear arsenal. Not just like they have information about it, like they have control of a nuclear arsenal. Does that scare anybody else? Kind of scares me. I mean, you can let your imagination kind of go wild with that one. Now, how does the United States stack up with other countries when it comes to nuclear advancement? Well, we're still like, like, like we've got. We've got nukes, right? We have it. But we're way behind on advancement of this. Mostly because I think we've been forced to put all of our focus on the ground war that we have in Iraq and Afghanistan. And we've been doing it for so long that our eye, our eye has been off the ball, both with money and research. And it's, it's really allowed other countries the advantage to focus their efforts on the future of where war is going. Ah, good little lead in here because that brings me to threat number four because nuclear is not... The entire equation. It's only part of it. So threat number four here are the new weapons of war. So a recent statement by the Chinese military tipped their hand where their efforts are going. And they are spot on with their intelligence. Spot on. And I'm going to shorten everything they said into one quote here, which is systems destruction warfare is the next way of war. Now, this comes out of also the Defense News Outlook for 2023. I follow Defense News very, very closely because they do take into, I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty amazing that like the Pentagon, like they're looking at not just the threat of armies around the world and military threats, but they also do watch and say that, you know, one of the biggest threats that we have is climate change. It's going to affect because it affects so many different factors that we have to defend and fight for and against and everything else. So there's a lot of they they understand that. But it's also looking at how what new weapons are being developed. And this is it right here, folks. Like this is 
the future of war. So the Defense News Outlook for 2023 reported that China and other nations realize that warfare is no longer solely focused on the destruction of enemy forces, but is on by the team or, or is won by the team that can disrupt, cripple, or outright destroy the other's underlying networks and infrastructure. So did you get that? Collapse is the next way of war. Now, there's nuclear attacks. So there's, you know, we could have a high altitude detonation of an EMP strike. Any nation can, is going to go to their knees if they don't have electricity. And we know this. The CIA has said this. Woolsey said this. We've had other, other um, intelligence analysts say that if our electrical grid goes down, 90% of the population will be dead within a year due to starvation, disease, and the civil chaos that would ensue as citizens battle over what resources they can find. That's a true like end of days type of event. But nuclear strike or an EMPs are not the only way that that can happen. So cyber attacks reported at the annual meeting on cybersecurity for the um, for the World Economic Forum have increased 300% over the last year. Did you hear that? Cyber security attacks, cyber attacks in the United States have increased 300% over the last year to over 300 attacks every single week. All it takes is one, folks. All it takes is one. Not to take down the whole country, like that's a more coordinated event, but that is absolutely 100% doable and our government knows that it can happen right now, right now. Okay, finally, threat number five that I see that's on my radar is the divided states of America. So threats are one thing, right? I mean, there's never going to be a shortage of threats. That's why we prepare, because not all crises give you a warning that life is about to change for you, right? But how we prepare for these threats, and if we prepare, is what will determine how easy it is for us to be able to respond to a threat. Now, on a large scale, our government is not going to make the kind of progress that we need in order to straighten things out because our politicians are too focused on politics to come together to solve the real threats that we face, that we need to face, united as a nation. I mean, if you want any sort of a glimpse into like the way politics works, like we just ended with the January 6th committee in Washington and we don't need to go into like, you know, we're an apolitical organization because I mean, say what you will about it. It was a committee that was was brought. It was it was formed to investigate what Republicans saw as a political attack. Now we have now a new House Speaker for the um, Republicans, and the Republicans are, are you know Kevin McCarthy's uh, now the House Speaker, and Republicans are gearing up right now for a committee that is going to oversee the Justice Department under the name the Select Subcommittee on the Weaponization of the Federal Government. And they're looking for ways that the intelligence community has abused their role. This new committee is going to be headed up by, I, I believe, Republican Jim Jordan, very outspoken, very controversial, uh, very controversial figure. And I'm going to bet that they are going to 100% find evidence of abuse. And why is that? Because that's what they're looking for. 
The same thing that you can say for the January 6th committee. So if you're a, if you're a, a Trump fan or whatever, you say, oh, they shouldn't even have that committee. It's bullshit. You know, whatever. It's like if nothing is going to convince you that the storming of the Capitol building deserved a committee or anything, then on the other side of the aisle, if you are a Democrat, having a committee put together to come and, and look at how the intelligence community has been used by the government to investigate Trump and everybody that, of course, they're going to find stuff there. Every committee is going to find stuff because they're looking for it. And here's the thing. It doesn't matter one single bit to us, except to keep the American zombie squads of citizens who are glued to their TVs, just entranced to be able to watch all the drama and get their blood pressure up so that they vote a certain way. So the media, that's what they do. That's what these politicians do. They want to stay in office. And so this becomes this all this bickering that happens in Washington. Meanwhile, the rest of the world is going to continue to laugh at just how stupid we all are for all of our infighting while they're able to continue to build up their strength for the future. Now, you're probably saying like great predictions, Jeff. Wow, the, the government and our citizens are going to be more divided. What, you know, what do we do with this? Well, there's a lot I think we're going to be we're going to be forced to do. I mean, I think we're going into another year uh, um, where I mean, look, these our elections start way, way sooner now. So we're already you know, Trump already already said that he was running for president. Now all the talk is about DeSantis. I mean, there's a lot of there's we're already going to see like politics are just taking place more, you know, like around Halloween when you started seeing like Christmas decorations showing up already like. This It seems to be happening sooner and sooner, right? Well, the same thing's going to keep happening with our politics, too, because we are more and more divided. Meanwhile, other nations are increasing their ability to bring us to our knees. So what do we do with all this? What am I doing? Well, here's what I'm doing based on all the data and radar blips that I just gave you. Basically, it comes down to one word. Food. Of all the threats that I see looming out there for us. The one single factor that I feel like you and I are most going to be affected by in the short term and the long term is going to be your ability to feed yourselves and your family. So, yes, we are going to see shortages. Yes, we are going to see inflation. We're going to see increased prices there. We're going to see empty, empty store shelves. We're going to see more expensive. It's going to cost us more to get the food that we have. Right. But it's the fragility of these systems for food supply that we have, that we depend upon, and the threats that I just outlined, that due to any single trigger that disrupts our infrastructure, that can bring our whole food supply system to a screeching halt. And when you think about it, of all the basic survival survival needs that we have, shelter, food, water, I'll argue also security is a big part of that, right? Whether that's medical or protection that we need, Food is the one that has a limited supply unless you have some sort of means to be able to produce it yourself. So if you're like a hunter, a farmer, fisherman or whatever, like and you have, and you have access to be able to follow those paths to be able to feed your family, you're going to be way ahead of the masses of people who are out there who are going to see those empty store shelves. If there's any sort of a triggering event at all, and we know and we I talk about this in my in my survival workshop, military survival secrets, that there are five 
ways that we can be brought to our knees right now, the five triggering events that can happen that can literally change life as we know it and collapse our entire infrastructure. I talk about what those are in our, um, in our workshop. Um, but for those people that are dependent upon that infrastructure, that's where they're really going to see that. Now, I'm sorry to say that I am not as well prepared in this area as I should be. I mean, I have tons and tons of stockpile food for me and my family, but that's not the perfect solution. So personally, my family, we've now begun to set up a special plan B homestead option that we are beginning to plan out for our own food production that can be evergreen, something that we can use now and in the future if all of our stored food was gone and we have no other options there. And it's also going to help us to extend the availability of the stored food that we have if we can supplement that with other food that we can do. Now, hunting is one thing, but that's where most people are going to gravitate toward if there is any sort of a massive food shortage that's going to make, that's going to kind of like really like throw people into a tailspin here. So for us, like it's a combination of different ways that we can produce our own food. Now, we are just at the beginning stages of this, but I am going to be sharing this journey with you more as we learn more about our self-reliant food systems and as we start putting things in place and have our successes and and also our failures. Um, fortunately for, for me, I have a great network, network of people um, that, that do know these things because I can't grow a damn thing. Um, and I'm going to be calling upon like our, our Warrior Life Academy members also, because I know we have a lot of them that also do things like gardening and have chickens and and are, are, are taking care of a more evergreen food supply system for themselves. Like we're going to be sharing more of those ideas inside of our academy. But I can tell you that this is where I highly recommend you begin to put your sights for preparing what lies ahead of us. Now, it doesn't discount all the other factors that you need in order to keep you and your family protected. But I do think it will be the one factor that you will literally feel the most if any sort of an event takes place. And for me, it's it's also the one that's the hardest to get right. I think it does. It really does require a special set of skills there. All right. Um, so now it is time for your predictions and what you are doing to prepare for what you see coming on down the road. So do you agree with my list? Do you disagree with my list? Is there something that I'm not seeing or something that is a higher priority? I want to know from you. So let us know on our blog where you see things going. All you have to do is just go on over to warriorlifepodcast.com and it'll take you to that special section on our site where you'll see all of our episodes there. And this episode, go ahead in the comments there, please go ahead and leave a comment there. Let us, let us know what you think. Um, while you're there, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. We don't want you to miss a single episode. We are out there on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast fix from. Um, and again, if you would like a literal treasure trove of cheat sheets and cool training resources, make sure that you do sign up for our Warrior Life Academy's Loot Locker section. Absolutely free. All you have to do is go to warriorlife.com slash loot and you'll see everything right there. And until our next broadcast, this is Jeff Anderson saying live like a warrior. You've been listening to the Warrior Life Podcast. We hope you've enjoyed the show. You can help us spread the mission of self-reliance and self-protection when you rate us. And leave us a comment wherever you enjoy these podcasts. And don't forget to check out our posts and videos on our social media channels. You'll see a full directory when you visit our website at www.warriorlife.com. 
We'll see you next time. This has been the Warrior Life Podcast. Prepare. Train. Survive. Survive.